You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, have you ever wondered how I generate thousands of inbound leads per year using LinkedIn? Well, this episode is sponsored by my guide, The Ultimate Guide to Generating Inbound Leads with LinkedIn. This is the definitive guide on how to consistently generate inbound leads using LinkedIn and social selling. So if you want a copy of that guide, just send a text to 44222 with the word L-I guide, all one word, L-I guide to 44222, or you can go to my website at askdennisbrown.com forward slash guide. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. Her name is Sheila Bella, and she's a world-famous Hollywood celebrity brow artist and beauty business coach. She's the founder of two seven-figure businesses, Sheila Bella Permanent Makeup and Pretty Rich Bosses Online Academy. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me, Dennis. This is yeah. so much fun. Thank you. You're in California. I'm in New York. We both have governors that people don't yes. like because of the pandemic. So we have that in common immediately. <laughs> and what's really interesting is we are going to kind of talk about something that's directly related back to the pandemic. And that is the fact that you had a successful seven-figure offline business prior to the pandemic, which literally got shut down and you had to completely reinvent yourself. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to talk about how you reinvented yourself and built mm-hmm. another seven-figure, multi-seven-figure business online, mm-hmm. pivot as a pivot from your pandemic you know, catastrophe. All right. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're going to dive into today. Awesome. But before we do that, give us a little bit of a backstory because I did not do it any justice at this point. Give us a minute <laughs> or two, and then we're going to, you know, we're going to dive right in. So thank you so much for acknowledging that. Backstory. So the way I built my first multi seven figure business, I was basically, I was 28 years old. I was going through a divorce and I was waiting tables at a place called Dylan's Irish Pub, which is like an, like a upscale, I'm doing quote to air quotes right now, upscale like Hooters, <laughs> so to speak. And then I was trying to piss off my ex husband. So I was doing this sexy job and I was, you know, I was, I was just trying to do the thing. And then I got fired from that job and I was just at the lowest, one of the lowest points of my life because I got fired from that job that I thought was going to be my new start. And I was in the middle of a divorce and I was broke. So I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I basically found permanent makeup. I chose permanent makeup because of friend of mine was teaching permanent makeup up in Simi Valley. The schooling for it, the training for it was five days long and it was $3,000. And I said, perfect, because I was done with not being taken seriously. What year was that? That was in 2010. Well, okay. So that's about a decade. 2010, around there. Yeah, a little over a decade ago. Yeah, a little over a decade ago. And when I built that business... I didn't know what to expect. My only goal, honestly, was to not be a loser. I saw what you know my trainer had. <laughs> she had a brand new Toyota. I had a used Toyota. She had 
a nice three bedroom home in the valley. I had a studio apartment and I said, anything is better than this. She looks like she's doing fine. She's, she looks like she's not a loser. I just can't be a loser anymore. That was it. Yeah. And I had no idea. I had no idea that within three years of starting that business, I would be driving an Escalade with a house in, you know, the Hollywood Hills. Like I, that was the, the goal was to just be okay. (laughs) But it's amazing what you can accomplish once you really apply yourself and just believe in yourself. And that's one of my gripes is that a lot of cosmetologists, brow artists, lash artists, being a seven figure beauty entrepreneur is not normal. So what happens is we ex, we just expect the status quo. And we don't strive for higher because we think, no, in this industry, this is normal. But I'm down to just normalize female millionaire beauty entrepreneurs because a lot of people don't take us seriously because we do, they think we play with makeup and hair all day. But I've seen it time and time again with my own business and with, you know, businesses of my, my clients that it can be insanely lucrative. You can have the lifestyle that somebody who went to a traditional college, like a doctor or a lawyer would have with, yeah, doing brows, lashes, hair, nails, makeup. You can. And yeah, I think that it's severely underestimated people in the beauty industry. Yeah. I love the fact that you're raising the bar. I mean, you're setting, I mean, you're, you're setting an example for, I mean, literally, I mean, there are probably hundreds of thousands of people that do what you do, you know what I mean? Or do similar things in the beauty mm-hmm. industry that, that have that opportunity if they're willing to kind of get sick and tired of being sick and tired and eventually take some serious action. And we're going to talk a little bit about that, obviously. So we're, right now we're talking mainly about your brick and mortar business. So let's fast forward a little bit. And that is the business is going well, it's growing, it's profitable. You bought the house, you bought the Escalade, you got a bunch of employees, you probably are doing things you've never been able to do before. And then the pandemic hit. So let's pick it up from there. So March 2020 was like, (laughs) we were all Britney Spears circa 2007. I feel like, I feel like we all shaved our heads. (laughs) But, and for me, I felt very targeted (laughs) as we all did. I'm the only one going through this. No, we were all going through it. And the reason why is because I had my very first live event. It's called the Pretty Ambitious Summit that was scheduled to to happen on March 13th, 14th, and 15th. And the world, California, everyone got shut down March 12th. So I had 400 guests from all over the world who were... A lot of them were already here. And I had to make a call. Well, actually, I was forced to make a call. (laughs) If it was my way, we'd still do it. I was forced to make a call because Newsom said no gatherings over 100 people. And I had 400 guests. And I had to say this event has now been postponed or canceled. And it was so traumatic because I had so many people angry with me, as you can imagine, for different reasons, for not going through with it anyway, for not canceling it sooner. Just everyone had a reason to be upset. And I, I understand I was upset. And then I had all of these refunds. While my brick and mortar was shut down, all my girls were out of work with no hope in sight. It was the lowest I had ever felt. 
in my career after, you know, the high of building a seven figure brick and mortar business. That was, it was really, really hard. <laughs> yeah, it goes back to that old adage, right? When you were, when you didn't have that successful business, you know, you didn't miss what you didn't have. But once you had established it, you're like, man, I worked so hard to build this thing for the last decade. And now all of a sudden it's just going to get ripped out from underneath me. Yeah. A lot of people want the success, but then they don't realize that that comes with all of these struggles, you know? For sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So there was, so I, it was doomsday for me. So after about a month of sitting at home and getting yelled at on the internet, (laughs) I decided to boss up and I didn't know when my brick and mortar business was going to open back up again. And I'm not the type to just wait around and see especially with a family. So I decided to invest the most money I had ever invested in, in business coaching and mentorships and masterminds from home. And I decided to really take my online business more seriously. And I think the knee-jerk reaction of a lot of people you know, during that time is to save, stop the bleeding, you know, cut off all, all memberships and just but my mine was to invest. I didn't see it as a reason to to hoard my money. I saw it as the reason. The crisis was the reason to find it, to borrow it, to make it work because otherwise I didn't know what we were going to do. You know, and it turned out that our brick and mortar was shut down. All tattoo businesses shut down for almost a year. I think we opened back up for two weeks in June and then we got shut down again. And then we opened in October for like a month and then she got shut down again. So, you know, I just couldn't wait that long. Yeah. So you turned to the internet and you said, listen, I did it in brick and mortar. I can do it on the internet. I learned a lot of lessons. I know my, I have a good skill set, but I've got to invest in this, these internet skills and, and I've got to accelerate my learning. I don't have 10 years to figure this out. I've got. You know, I got 10 minutes, 10 weeks, you know, to get this thing rolling because I need, you know, positive cash flow. So mm-hmm. you invested. That was the first thing you did was you're like, listen, I got to invest because I want to I want to bring this business online, right? And then from there, tell me a little bit about, you know, because you went from literally, did you have any online sales going at that point or was it really just Oh, barely, maybe a couple thousand. Yeah, a couple thousand dollars in online sales. And then so what was your roadmap? for launching this new online business? And can you give us a sense of kind of how it ramped up, You know, whether that be some sort of numbers or growth or whatever you want to share? Sure. I like sharing numbers. I want to know other people's numbers and I'm okay with sharing mine because like I said, it raises the bar. It lets other people know what's possible for them. Because if it's possible for a blonde Asian bimbo like me who used to work at a Hooters, like it's going to be, it's going to be possible for you. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I had some online sales, you know, and I thought what I had going for me was that I had already taken the time to build an audience, which is a big deal because I know a lot of people who have a handful of people who have a million followers on Instagram, but are making like $10,000 a month, which is still a lot of money, but it wasn't the $400,000 a month that I found myself making, but the, by the end of this process, so it's not about how many followers you have. It's about number one, your quality of followers, your offer, and your sales process. So I just... It's a lot simpler than people think. I think most people... And this is where I got caught up. 
I got caught up in having the perfect webinar. I got caught up in having the perfect funnel, saying the perfect thing in, should I invest in ClickFunnels? Should I invest in Kajabi? Should I hire a Facebook ads guy? Because I see all the big online people doing it. But remember, I told you this is all organic. No, I'm making this much money with zero paid ads. And it's so much simpler than, than people realize. I think all of these trainings are a distraction. It's just leads and sales and conversations. It's the way you would sell, like, you know, a t shirt to somebody on the street. That's it. Like, that's where I lost time thinking I needed to know more. When I realized the thing that's worked for me, even that couple thousand dollars I was making online beforehand was truly just through, hey, I just through relationship and conversation. It was not as advanced as I thought I needed to be. Gary Vee always says, as far as sales process is concerned, Flintstones over Jetsons. I get it now. Flintstones will win over Jetsons any day. Yeah, everybody tries to overcomplicate it. Entrepreneurs in general try to overcomplicate shit. There's no doubt about that. And, and I'm glad that you dumbed it down and just did what you knew worked already. Because I mean, obviously that's working for you. So here's, give the audience a quick backstory because I think your brick and mortar business, you predominantly did microblading with like tattooed eyebrows, right? It was microblading. Yeah. Microblading tattooed eyebrows, right? Which has become very common these days. I mean, especially over the last 10 years or so, it's become very prevalent, you know, men, women, everybody does it. And so here's the thing. You then took that skill set and you brought it online into some sort of an online, was it like a training program, a coaching program? What was the product that you pivoted with based on that knowledge base? Describe that for us so the audience can get a sense. So because I realized that I was one of the few people that was making multi-seven figures doing microblading, I realized that was special. And I thought I would be doing a disservice to people by keeping that all to myself. So the next natural step was to share with people how I did that. And so I turned that into an online course and what is now an entire mentorship program with a membership. And so now it's grown, it used to be just me, but now it's grown to eight coaches focusing on different things who have all had successful businesses themselves, eight coaches and an entire program. And now it's this machine. I'm making more money than I ever have, working less than I ever have. It's pretty incredible. So now it's helping people create successful brick and mortar businesses. So if you, if there's a, you know, beauty entrepreneur out there who wants more clients, more students for their in-person training, or if they want to do what I did and they want to learn how to pivot to online or how to grow an online business. So I think it's those three pain points that we solve. Okay. Awesome. Um, Successfully. No, that makes perfect sense. Okay. So tell me now, you found the offer, you had the audience, you understood what they were looking for because you understood the brick and mortar component, yes. right? And so you had a lot of knowledge base behind it. So you didn't have to start from complete scratch. Mm-hmm. So what's the primary growth engine? I, I, I think you're using Instagram, correct? Instagram is like a big platform for you. That's where you do a lot of developing yes. relationships and social generating media. leads. And okay. Mm-hmm. So social media in general, right? Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that process. If you could give us just a like a simple framework of what that process looks like 
I think the audience would garner a lot from that. They'll, and I'm sure they're probably going to go follow you, which would be very interesting. I, I've checked out your, your Instagram. It's very cool. So lead us through that process a little bit, if you would. Sure. So I think what it comes down to for me is content creation and creating the right type of content that speaks to your ideal client, which is something that a lot of people say. And I feel so gross even saying that right now. But no, really, no, you got to choose. You got to create content that's going to make eyeballs move. It's going to make eyeballs move. And it's, and especially in, you know, if my ideal client is a woman in the beauty industry who wants to feel a connection, we women, you know, our currency is vulnerability, connection, stories. That's also my currency. And so I've formed what I consider to be a community versus a following. And in that community, through creating specific content that speaks to my ideal client and my community through connecting with them, my Instagram numbers and my Facebook numbers continue to grow and my podcast numbers continue to grow. And so what I typically do is I will start a conversation with them the same way I would a new friend and see where they're at, see what challenges they have in their business right now and see if our program can help them in any way. And that's, that's pretty much it. It's, it's a lot of content creation, which leads, which creates leads. Then it's one on one sales conversations. Or you typically, I mean, is the not to get too tactical, but does it come down to is it mainly IG posts or is it IG stories or is it reels or what? All of what's, it. It's I can give you, I can give you, I can give you a rundown if, you know, your audience wants something more tactical of like the, the volume of content that I create per week. Yeah. Give us an example of what a day might look like and <laughs> how that would, and how that would translate into conversations and into sure. final sales. Give us, draw us a quick picture of that. Let me draw you a weekly picture. So I will post at least four reels per week. I will post once per day, like a static post on my feed. I will do one live per week. I will post, which turns into IGTV. I will also post one video podcast preview per week on Instagram. I also produce two podcasts a week as well outside of Instagram. So, and I also have a free Facebook group where I give a lot of free value in there and I go live in there about once a month. So I'm creating a lot of content. I do a lot of collaborations. I think collaborations are important if you're trying to get your name out there because it's audience sharing. It's kind of like what we're doing now, but I'm just enjoying my time with you. So yeah, I think it's just the consistency of doing that. I oh Another thing I forgot to mention is I am on stories every day. No matter what's happening, whether I feel sick or not. And in stories, what's great about it is that you can just be. I'll probably talk about this interview today. So your stories is kind of like a, like a mini reality show. Like just like see what I had for lunch. It's for the people who actually give a shit about that. Right. So, all right. Great. You, you're interested in what I'm having for lunch. Okay. Cool. It's, you know, it's no one's forcing anyone to watch you, but right. the people who do, the people who make it to the very end of my stories, I really appreciate. I know who you are. I see your name and I'm like, "Wow, you're you care. You're you're that's your lifer." And yeah, I, I really appreciate those people. So the content is based upon different themes, right? Like your stories is kind of the reality show, right? Mm-hmm. Your, you know, your lives are probably more training or coaching or how to or things of that nature. 
inspirational and educational. So my okay. lives are inspirational, educational interview style. And so there's we different themes and yeah. then those lead to some sort of engagement where maybe they're replying, you know, they're sending you a DM or they're replying in the comments. Comment, and, like, share, yeah. say anything, anything. So from there, how do you, because I think this is where some people struggle, right? They're like, okay, I create the content. I create the content. Either they don't get engagement because the content is wrong or the audience is wrong or something's mm-hmm. wrong there. Yeah. Yeah. But if even if they do get engagement, how do they pivot that conversation into, into more of a, a business conversation mm-hmm. without it feeling really icky? Yeah. Nobody likes to feel sold to. Right. I don't like feeling sold to. I hate getting those random messages from people like, hey, and it's just the entire pitch right away. Like paragraphs long of, of like a pitch of like, the, I, I have the best tweezers here. You know, you lash artists know what I'm talking about. We get those all the time. Yeah. So let's yeah. say somebody leaves a comment, even just a ha ha ha, because they thought you were funny. What you do is you pretend, pretend. Gary V, I love Gary V. He's speaking at my event in October, by the way. <laughs> so, wow, um, very cool. Yeah, yeah, really cool. So, <laughs> so he always says that, he doesn't think social media is going to go away because it's too human. Yeah. So I would challenge you guys to look at your social media platforms as if it were an in-person reaction. It would be so weird if you start a conversation with somebody at Starbucks saying like, Hey, do you want to buy my tweezers? You know, or say like, Hey, my name is Sheila. I do eyebrows. I'm here if you need me. I get a lot of those like canned messages all the time, those bots. And it's so weird. Let's say if you're trying to strike up a conversation with somebody in person and hopefully have it lead to a business conversation, you'd probably say something like, oh, hey, girl. Wow. Cute phone case. Your dog is adorable. You'd say something else other than you'd mention something else or appreciate something about the person that's unrelated to the business. And make it genuine. You'd give them a genuine compliment or you'd recognize that you have something in common. Perhaps like, hey, I've always wanted to check out that restaurant that you checked in. How was it? Some sort of something genuine. And then from there is a by the way, (laughs) I'm Sheila. We do X, X, Y, and Z. So the, what it, whatever it is you have to offer is kind of a, it's a secondary thought. It's a by the way. They're going to check you out regardless. So don't feel pressure to put it in their face because that's just, that's weird. That's salesy. Nobody likes that. Yeah. So leading, I, when you lead with your pitch, whether, no matter what platform it is, IG, LinkedIn, Facebook, mm-hmm. you know, in an in-person networking event, when you lead with your pitch, right? right it just becomes <laughs> glaringly obvious and everybody just wants to give you the Heisman and just walk away and roll <laughs> their eyes and just say, what in the hell just happened? Why people just don't get it? And yeah. so, you know, you you're a big fan of Gary V. I think a lot of people listening to this podcast are fans of Gary V. I'm a fan of Gary V. Right. And so he goes back to that whole concept of give, 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 ask. Right. So right. you got to jab, right hook. Yeah, yeah, jab, 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 right hook. Right. So it's kind of that give, 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 ask type thing. And so you know, you gave a sincere compliment. You started a dialogue like a real person, as opposed like to some bot or some salesperson who's just trying to get focused on their pocketbook. And so you were real. And then that migrates into a conversation where they tell you a little bit about themselves. You tell them a little bit about yourselves. And if there's a, if there's any synergy or energy there, then, then, you know, questions are asked. 
Yes. You know, and then they ask questions of like, oh, that's interesting. How does that work? And then they invite you to come in and actually tell them about their business because they've now asked you a question which now it's no longer slimy, right? It's you, they, you asked, so I'm going to give you the, I'm going to give you the infomercial you asked for it. So, and let's see if, it, let's see where it goes from there. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of those types of conversations you're doing through DMs and through, you know, through the, through the thread and all that. And then, the, and then eventually once there's some level of interest, you say, Hey, can we schedule a call offline or do some sort of something a phone like call, that. right? Yeah. Or a zoom or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. absolutely. And from there, and because you're in the reason why I wanted to describe this process is because just so you guys understand, she did four, Sheila did built a seven figure business online during a pandemic, but she did $400,000 last month organic without paid ads. So, what I want you to understand is that this process isn't driven by ads, it's not driven by having, you know, 10,000 leads, right? She created organic content. She started conversations. She developed rapport. She converts those conversations offline and she sells a really good, strong offer to an audience that is telemade for that offer. And that's where she goes back to that whole concept of just keeping it simple, right? You let out in the in our pre-interview saying, you wish you could get ads to work right now, but for whatever reason, no. the Facebook ads aren't working. No, I think it's the name of my, my academy or not academy, my mentorship program. It's pretty rich. And so Facebook doesn't like that word rich. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's okay. Yeah. All right. So, um, hey, listen, you're killing it organic. So right. stick with what's working. <laughs> well, listen, yeah. we got to wrap it up. I got a couple of rapid fire questions I want to ask you here, but do you have, do you want to add anything? Because I know we jumped around a bit, but I think people, I think for me, this is, the goal here is to inspire, whether it be female entrepreneurs or startups or people that are struggling with their their offline business, to know that there is there are alternatives. And it, but one, the big thing takeaway for me is you got to invest, right? You got to invest in your skills. You got to invest. You can't shrink your way to growth, right? You've got to invest. And so that was something you did. And then um, you got to kind of get out of your comfort zone because you were used to retail, and that, you know now you're all digital. But is there anything you'll, you want to add and then we'll kind of wrap it up for today? Yeah. Something I always say and I, I stand by it is that people wait for the day that they're not scared anymore or like that they feel motivated. So something I say a lot is you can't beat fear. So do it scared. You're going to have to do it scared no matter what stage of the game you're in. I'm scared right now talking to you. You just got you just got to do it scared. Yeah. Steer into it. You definitely got to steer into it for sure. So a couple rapid fire questions. What's your favorite growth tool, app, SaaS product, some sort of software or SaaS product you use to grow your business? Kajabi. Kajabi. Okay, I love cool. Kajabi. I run my, my whole business through Kajabi. Love A it. lot of it. Yeah. All right. And what's one book that you've read maybe helped you on your journey or you think might help the audience on theirs? I know it's hard to pick one, but just grab <laughs> any one that you think. What's that? It's up there. It's on my wall. It's Mindset by Carol Dweck. Love it. Perfect. All right. Well, listen, Sheila, let everybody know how they can connect with you, probably follow you and learn a lot on Instagram or wherever you want to send them. And then we'll wrap it up for today. Awesome. So you can find me on Instagram at real Sheila Bella, S-H-E-I-L-A-B-E-L-L-A. Or you can just shoot me a text message. It goes right to my phone. My number is 310-388-4588. And I'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode. Cool. What's your podcast? Pretty rich podcast. <laughs> Love it. Perfect. Hey, listen, thank you so much for being here. Congrats on all your success. And I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Uh, thanks, Dennis. This was fun.
Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.